Welcome back to the Eater Upsell podcast from the Vox Media Podcast Network. I am here with my co-host, Eater's Editor-in-Chief, Amanda Clute. Hi, Dan. Hi. Oh, and I'm Daniel Janine. I am a video producer at Eater. Today, we have a very, very special guest. Very special guest. On the upsell. Uh, it's Lucas Peterson. Yeah. You may know him from our video series, Dining on a Dime, which just ran its 100th episode. Or you may know him from the New York Times, the frugal traveler. He He's, is the frugal traveler. Mm -hmm. His column runs in the New York Times, I don't know, every week, every other week? Kind of like weekly-ish. Weekly-ish. Yeah. He is also a two-time Jeopardy champion. That is the thing I am the most proud of. Mm -hmm. And yeah. uh, speaks many languages. Also has a big YouTube fan base. Like, you're the only person I've seen on YouTube that gets so many positive comments. They love you. The YouTube loves Lucas Peterson, yeah. For yeah. sure. Like Lots other, of thumbs up. Other hosts, they'll, they'll just shit on them. And Lucas, they're like, hey, did you get a haircut? You look so good. <laughs> I love my family. Anyway, so this is I Lucas. Hi, everybody. How did you get wrapped up in Eater? I went to, I think it was Young Guns. Yep. But this would have been... The Eater Young Guns Awards. Three summers ago. And I tagged along with Monica. And then, um, so we were talking, I think, the three of us. Mm -hmm. And then Matt Kang, editor of Eater LA, somehow got the impression that I knew you. <laughs> and so when I approached him later, half joking, and said, hey, what if I write like a column about, you know, little places, you know, in, like the, on the south side of, of L.A.? He was – he thought I knew you. So he said yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, tricked him. And so he got tricked. And so I – my being here is a complete sham and, and – and, and it worked out great for everyone. And it worked out. But that's how that's how I started writing. So that's how I started writing. What was your original? What were you for, writing? It was Dining on a Dime. Dining on a Dime, right. which had existed previously, writing about little cheap old spots. And then Matt and I had had, had a mutual friend named Stan, and we went out. One, and I went out with my my girlfriend at the time, who also had a camera. We just decided to like shoot a little bit when I was at a place. Holy shit! And then we just sent that in and said. Look at this. And, and then, then we turned it into a then you guys said, Great, series. Do some more of it. And that was, and that was it. And that's how it kept happening. That's the whole thing. A hundred times. Mm -hmm. And now how many cities have you gone to for this video show? Fourteen. Wow. But, well, no, because we did L.A. twice. And, we did, and, New York twice. and we did New York twice, so probably 12. And then how did you parlay that into the Frugal Traveler column? You know, that was, that was like a separate thing. I met... Dan at the Times through Peter. Dan Saltstein, who uh -huh. edits that section. And I met him through Peter. Peter Meehan, former editor of Lucky Peach. From writing that I had done through Lucky Peach. And that's how that and then that's how that got I just applied for that. And I was it was just sort of a right place, right time kind of thing. And how many places have you been to for that column? A lot. All all the continents except Antarctica. Oh my God. Does it become less fun when it's work? You know, I was talking about this with somebody the other day. It's it's not a natural way to travel. And I was thinking like if would like if this were not if I were not doing it for my job, would I be doing it differently? And the answer is absolutely yes. Like trout you don't you're on such like a it's like you've hit fast forward on a trip. Mm -hmm. So you're not 
lingering. You're not like enjoying. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like at the end of a vacation, you're sort of like, oh no, like I wish vacation weren't over. And instead, I'm just like, phew, I got through like <laughs> done. twelve museums and fifteen restaurants, and like, because you're you're just trying to hit mm-hmm. so many different things, right? Because you're supposed to be, in theory, finding things that are good. So you have to go through a lot of things and then you know but when you find a beautiful beach it's like great i found this beautiful beach <laughs> yeah mark it down gotta go yeah you know let's let's and so it, it's sort of a not it's not a, a natural way to travel what what is the column it's just tra- traveling cheaply but like cheaply for the times readership which is which is it's all relative um it may i i get comments being like you, I backpacked for eight months <laughs> through the, th- and I spent seven dollars. How do you? How dare you call your? And so you know, so it's not like, but I think, but I think therein sort of lies the challenge because it's, it's easy to just go really cheap. I think mm-hmm. the challenge is to not spend a ton of money and still have it be somewhat enjoyable because you right can, it's about frugality, not right. pure cheapness, not just like laying on a floor somewhere and paying $3 a night because anybody can do that and that's like a super miserable experience. Um, what are the hardest cities for dining relatively cheaply? Shanghai is super expensive. Mm. I went to the biggest Starbucks in the world. Oh, wow. What was that like? Nightmarish. I mean, <laughs> I mean, awe-inspiring but terrible. I got a little square of pizza and some iced coffee and it cost me twenty dollars. Oh my god! It's so expensive. What goes on at the biggest Starbucks in the city? In, in, the, in, the, in, the, country, in the world, a, there's a line out the door around the block, and it's like getting into a club. There's doormen, and you know it's like this timed entry thing. And then if you want to go out for whatever reason, they give you a wristband. Oh my so god! You <laughs> so you can go back into the Starbucks. What? Yeah. Why do people want to be there so badly? It's just. Cool. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's the same reason. Like, why are pizza? Why is Pizza Hut so so popular? I've never seen a line in Asia. A, oh, okay. Because the Pizza Huts in Asia are like the nicest restaurants you've ever been to in your oh. life. Though, like those when you want when you want to impress somebody, or you're taking someone on a date, you take them to Pizza Hut because huh. it's like top notch. Hmm. For whatever reason, there's just a certain cachet with, I think, with that. With so is the friend. quality of food better than the Pizza Huts we have here? It is exactly the same. <laughs> Maybe done with a little more care, right? But it's like it's all pretty uniform. All the ingredients <laughs> they use. How did you become the cheap eats guy? Was it a, you know, Dan? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Come it's, on, it's. The, the, I feel like because I feel like I've kind of gotten myself into a little bit of a corner now because I'm, right. I'm in this. I'm like the cheap, the cheap guy. guy. I've got the cheap food and I've got the cheap travel, travel, and it's it. I fear for my future because it. I feel like because you can only get cheaper. I can, you can only get ch- has to stay cheap. You know why couldn't I have been the very expensive guy? I mean cheapness of food. We could get into it. It's a whole other conversation. I think, generally speaking, I think with dining and with travel, generally speaking, I think money separates you from the experience. The more money you put into, say, a trip, the more money you spend, the sort of more high-end you go, the more you're sort of removing yourself from that place. You know, when you stay in a very expensive resort, you know, high-end hotels or high-end restaurants, 
you're sort of ensuring that you're that you're not. I just feel like you're not challenging yourself mm-hmm. v- very much. You're you're not really uh, getting to to experience a lot of what it's like to actually live in the place as uh, uh, as a, not that you could ever fully do that, but that you're not really even making the effort. So I think I think a lot of times money is a barrier. So I think going cheaply, you can sort of have a more I hesitate to say like genuine experience, but one that's maybe a little more in touch with the regular day-to-day operations in a, in a place. Even though like in these places there are rich people who are going to these high-end there restaurants? Are, there are rich people, but I think in a lot of the places that I go to, the those, especially like with lodging, I mean it, it caters to it caters to foreigners mm-hmm. and it caters to tourists. Um, and again, it's not to say like you have to stay in, you know, sort of the lowest of the low or the cheapest of the cheap. But, but you know, I have a whole bunch of problems with Airbnb. But I will say that with Airbnb, it does, you know, offer occasionally you can have like a really good, great experience when you're just like staying with – some retiree couple and they just like love you and they love having you Do you do that on there. Airbnb? You're always staying with the hosts that are there versus renting out the I place? like to do that. Yeah. I think that's that's sort of like a little like travel trick to have if, you, if you're looking to have that. Mm-hmm. And again, it depends on what you're looking for. Sometimes if you're, I mean, if you're traveling on business, you just want to, you have a hotel, you want to get in, you want to get out, you don't want to like deal with whatever. And sometimes you just, you don't want that. But if you're looking to have like an interaction it's so great. You find – you go on Airbnb, you look in the place, and you find – you look for old people. <laughs> you, you look for old people because they're, because they're usually really nice. They usually had kids that left, and they're usually airbnb a room in their place because they're lonely and because mm-hmm. they're looking to make some money, but they're looking to sort of have some. else You're taking advantage of – not taking advantage. It's not taking advantage. It's so great. You're it's them a the win-win. Gift of companionship. It's a win-win. They're like they want to show you stuff. They want to tell you stuff. <laughs> they want to take you around. They want. So if you're really looking to have to get that sort of local perspective, that I really like doing that. How much planning do you do ahead of time, or do you just kind of drop yourself in and then? I went to Ethiopia recently, and I stayed at a circus. <laughs> what? Yeah, it was a circus, a real circus. Where they do circus things, and there's a trapeze, and there's and where do you sleep? Like a, I slept in a little bunk bed <laughs> in a little uh, side room. Oh, what were you thinking? <laughs> I slept on in, the elephant's I back. I slept in the lion's mouth. Um, you could say it's sort of cheating. It's not. I don't think of it as cheating. But when you do something like that, then you've immediately got something to talk about. Right? Mm-hmm. You've immediately got something to put into your story. I'll be honest with you guys. I try to prepare a lot, and sometimes it goes better than other times. I try to get recommendations from people who are have either have experiences with the place. or, And you can do online research, which gets you so far, mm-hmm. right? Um, especially because, like, with reviews and like you know, trip advice, you just don't like you still know which ones are reliable, mm-hmm. and you don't know what sort of. In- so you can do that to an extent, but but and you can talk to people, but there's not a lot of substitute for for being there and doing it. Um, so I I try to prepare as much as I can. I try to have a list of 
you know, like a basic list of, of places I like to go. But Ethiopia, if it's a place like I've never been, and if it's a place there where I don't really know anyone who spent time there, th then you kind of just have to go. Mm -hmm. Find out as much as you can online, but then you just, you just have to talk to people. And as far as being able to facilitate talking to people, it's going to be a lot easier if you're staying at the circus in Ethiopia mm -hmm. than if you're staying at the Intercontinental. Right. Because then you're going to talk to the concierge and they're going to recommend very high-end things to you. Um, and that's going to sort of detract from the experience, in my opinion. Would you ever go like full cheap route and stay at a hostel? I did. Yeah. I did that um, just in my China trip. It was great. Mm -hmm. I don't – for hostels – I like and I would recommend just get a room because you can do – Don't the, do the bunk beds You can do the bunk yeah. for where it's like eight people in a room mm -hmm. and it's like shoot me. You and seven Australians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's with just like a it's bunch like of – these Australians. With a bunch of Australians and – well, like Dutch and Germans too. But – but why, like why do that? <laughs> the, you know, because the difference between paying – you know, five – it's cheap, five dollars – or paying eighteen dollars, mm -hmm. and you can have your own little room. Can you talk about when things have gone wrong? Because just traveling uh -huh. normally for me, I've had flights canceled and things that didn't work out. I've had remarkably good luck, like knock on wood, as far as like flights and flight delays. Mm -hmm. I try to plan things out pretty carefully. I did have a disaster just now in this last trip. I don't know if well, you want coming to, hear to New about York it. from LA. No, when I was in China. Yeah, what happened? But it's kind of like gross. Do you want to hear about it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I was in Chengdu my first day. I just like I'd eaten some big spicy fish the night before. I was going to this other little neighborhood that was like I walked. It was like a half an hour, 40 minutes away. And I'm just like eating stuff on the way because that's sort of, you know, I'm eating these little buns. And I mean, and then I'm in this like little hole-in-the-wall restaurant in this little neighborhood in the middle of nowhere in the western part of Chengdu. And I'm like, something very bad is happening in my oh, no. like stomach area, <laughs> my gastrointestinal area. And this is very, this is very bad. And this is going to become a real big problem <laughs> right now. Like, <laughs> right, like right now. So I was like, do you have a bathroom? Like, no, we don't have a bathroom. Oh, God. I'm, so I'm just walking along. Like I'm tr desperately searching for something. And it all it's all happening so fast, Dan, that I mm -hmm. don't know. But we're also in China. We're in a 12 million person city in China. So there's no privacy. There's no anything. Like there's nowhere to hide. There's no – I'm like, where could I – pot? but it's just like apartment blocks and like people and their kids and like bikes. And so – Long story short, I crapped my pants like on the street. Oh my god! I guess it's like, better to go in full, your pants, like full oh. on, yeah, like in, like ugh. running down your like legs. in, like in my pants. <laughs> oh my god! And what were your just, options though? There were no yeah. options because what am I going to just like cop a squat like on the sidewalk? You could get arrested. Because there's also like a lot of security. Yeah. There's a ton of cops in, in right. China. They're all just like around. And especially looking at you like sort of the weird foreigner. And they're like, what are you? Are you Chinese? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. So I just like crap my pants. How far were you from where you were staying? Like a half an hour. Walk? Yeah. Because I then couldn't get into a cab. Obviously. Um, You'd waffle it. 
God. So then I, um, I just walked home. That's my story. That's wow. terrible. That's terrible. Yeah, it was a horrible story. And were you staying? What kind of place? Were I you was staying, staying in, in. Luckily, I was staying in a hotel, so I could sort of figure out a laundry situation. Yeah, yeah. Figure what out was it? Laundry. What was the worst part of the walk back in the lobby? I mean, was there any dribble out of the bottom of the pants? <laughs> like, was it in your socks? I just uh, the the. I mean, all right, if we're really going to get into it. The worst, <laughs> we're, we're into, we're the, into it. <laughs> the, the worst part was, before that, I was like, because <laughs> I only like went halfway. I like halfway crapped my pants. Yeah. Because I was you like, still I don't. had to go. Because I was like, I don't want to just full on, <laughs> like on the street. So I was still trying to like hold it in. And then what I eventually, I saw a public restroom. And so... I had this at this point, like totally. It's I'd totally crap my pants, but I still had to go. So I went into the public restroom, and I used the restroom. But the thing about places in China, the thing about China is they don't give you toilet paper. Mm. They don't. It's just not sort of like part of the culture where they provide it. And so, but what, other pe- people bring toilet paper, mm-hmm. and you have to like my. But now it's just like caked in diarrhea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I have to like do. I like a how you keep addressing of, me. It's <laughs> like you. Eye contact. Yeah. And then, so what I did was I fished out used toilet paper from the basket that other people had used. That's oh, like because they throw set. it away in the basket. They, throw it, in the they don't put it in the toilet. So I f- tried to f- just find like Some the cleanest, cleanest pieces that I could find to sort of like. There's no one there even borrow. No. So walking back into the lobby, you were caked in feces. But you'd done a little bit of a cleanup job. A a (laughs) a little bit, yeah. And then I went to the pharmacy. Right. And all I knew, I went into my translation app and I just typed diarrhea. Mm-hmm. Which translate to La Duza. So I just went in and I just said, just started saying diarrhea over and over. And, <laughs> and yeah. they gave you And they're like, and eventually, yeah, we smell. <laughs> just, just, we know. It gives me some medicine. And did it do the trick? Yeah, and I was fine the rest of the trip. If you want to go to China or to various Asian countries and eat a lot of food, what do you recommend? What pills do you recommend taking beforehand? I don't take anything. Really? And I've and I would also until that time, until this last trip, never had a problem. Mm-hmm. So it was very surprising. Also, the thing about like t- just taking preemptively like anti-diarrheal medicine is that it's not that's not good for you. It just yeah, like it's not gonna help. It's just gonna like mm. sort of like plug you up. And I wouldn't take it yeah. if you didn't need it. So there's there's really nothing you can do. I would say if you are sensitive, I would say don't eat street food. Oof. But you do um, bring something with you for the water, right? In countries where you're not supposed to drink tap water? There, I have a life straw. Life straw. So if you're traveling somewhere where the water is not good. Um, I also uh, – most hotels and also – the hostel that I stayed in China has a hot pot, so I would boil water mm-hmm. and then I would drink that water. Any other food safety tips? I think if you're spending an extended amount of time in Asia or Latin America, you know, a lot of these places, you're 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 gonna get sick a little bit. I would just say, just wash stuff. You know, be careful, especially of things like lettuce, mm-hmm. which are hard to clean, and 
I would say stay away from ice. Hmm. Ice is frequently not made with filtered water. Um, I would say, but yeah, if you're, it's you just sort of have to walk a line of like risk reward. Like, what am I willing to? And if and if you're eating street food, if if you eat something that's like deep fried, that's probably safer than eating some sort of raw thing or raw vegetable or something like that. So avoid ice, but in general, just know that it. It's probably going to happen eventually if you eat enough and yeah. just do it. You just kind of – it's just mm-hmm. – it's bound to happen. Your number's going to come up eventually <laughs> and you're going to crap your pants in China. <laughs> awesome. But I feel like karmically now that should buy you a lot of time. I hope so. <laughs> I really hope so because it was truly uh, truly a, a terrible – What were you doing with your hands in, as you were crapping your pants? Experience. I <laughs> – I wasn't doing anything. I mean, I had like a hands co- on your hips. Like I had a coat, and so then I like tied it around myself. Mm. Um, what color were your pants? I mean, I don't know. I could probably. I think I took a picture. Yeah. <laughs> if you really want to see. No, we'll save it for the. Yeah, save it for the blog. Yeah. We'll, yeah. Maybe we'll, <laughs> we'll put it. If you, we'll, we'll write about it and put it online. Yeah. Now to wrap up the episode, we have a very special guest, the executive producer of Ear Video. Uh, the reason we're all in this room, is that true? <laughs> Amanda. <laughs> our boss, our, Maureen. Our boss who hates to be called boss. Uh, Maureen Junone Fitzgerald, and she has Yay. a special lightning round for Lucas. She is going to grill and put him on the spot again. Morgan on the team wanted to know if you were just traveling for vacation, where would you be going? I would go. I would do a staycation. In hmm. LA. I what would do local. I would do local because I don't find travel relaxing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not traveling is is relaxing for is me. Is the vacation. Yeah. If you have you always been a frugal person? Sort of. Yeah. So this so this it it works out in many ways cuz it sort of plays to my natural tendencies of like coupon clipping and <laughs> like trying to push my Do you really coupon clip? No, but I, but, but I, I did. I believe that. No, I, no, you know what? I do. Because I go on to my little Safeway app and, mm-hmm. I, and I put little. The modern day uh-huh, coupon clipping. And my, okay. I do some modern day coupon clipping. If you were given like say a thousand bucks to drop on a meal, where would you go? Oh, I've never been to a lot of places. I've never been to Alinea. In Chicago, I'd I'd like to go. I've never been to any of the super fancy places in New York. I've never been to uh, M- Madison Park. I've never but been to Brooklyn even, Table. Like, would I've you never... even go to one of those places if you had a thousand bucks? Yeah, if it were, I mean, I would go. But I but I don't I don't know if I would appreciate it as much as some people do. I think some people really really love that kind of thing, and I think more power to you. I would rather eat. A modest meal 20 times. When you do eat, you were recently at Puyol in uh, Mexico City. Yeah. Do you get messages from your followers on Instagram and Twitter being like, what the fuck, bro? Not what the fuck, bro. But <laughs> but sometimes, like, hey, that that's not a dime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you, you know, yeah. sort of in that vein. It can't all be... Can't all be times. Can't all be street food. Okay, and my last question... Do you actually like traveling and and exploring food, or would you rather be doing something else, like going to a museum? I d- 
Well, like, did we just a, trick you into this? A lot of times, <laughs> are you happy? Fortunately, <laughs> I can do both things. I know. Um, no, I but love. I think people assume you're there for the food because both beats, you know, in both your gigs are, are kind, kind of. of food sometimes related. it's kind of food. Yeah. There's definitely food in both. Um, I love. My job, and I feel very, very. Hashtag, I wasn't asking I feel asking very for hashtag you. blessed mm. to yeah. be able to <laughs> to do this. I it's the most hashtags we've ever had in a life. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's always room to Im- improve. I I was, but but overall, I'm ex- I'm very happy. We we were talking a little bit about sort of like the nature of traveling when you're traveling for your job and how it's not how you would normally travel. And it's the same with eating. It's the same, you know, for Dining on a Dime, when I eat on the show, it's not how I would eat a meal. Mm-hmm. If I, if there were no cameras or I was just with someone or just alone. It's, it's sort of a, it's a very different, it's a different way of doing it. Um, but it's, but it's still great. And it's still a way to experience things that I never would. So I, I really like it. But you wouldn't rather be acting. Our audience might not know that you are a trained actor. Amanda. You ever see that Wendy's commercial? Also, Westworld. Uh, Yes, Westworld. I admit, no, I don't know. Our (laughs) commenters know, though. (laughs) I think it's like minute 13 and 12 seconds in episode like two or something. Forbid YouTube fans. It is episode two. If you dropped like a movie contract on my lap tomorrow, I, I wouldn't say no. Okay. But I would also be. Well, surprise. <laughs> You're going <laughs> You get a movie and you get a movie. But also if I like could be, you know, center fielder for the Chicago White Sox, I'd do that too. But like that's that's. We all have unrealistic pipe dreams that aren't in the car- that aren't in the cards. But yeah, I come from like a theater background, acting background. So if I if I could, if I had all the money in the world, I would probably go start a little Shakespeare rep company Aww. somewhere, and mm. you'd n- never hear from me again. What food would you serve at the at the, the ro- roast bison? I don't know. <laughs> always, always bringing it back. Need. Yeah. Thank God Dan's here. He keeps grounding the episode. <laughs> uh, awesome. So any parting advice for the listeners who you know, are sitting at a desk and want to go explore? I would actually say do the opposite of what I do when I travel. Don't do too much. That would be my advice for all travelers. Don't try to do too much because when you, try to, when you schedule your time so you know, rigidly, then you feel like you're on a cruise and you like have all these activities and you don't, you don't want it to be a job. You want it to be, uh, you want it to be enjoyable and fun and relaxing so you can enjoy things and sort of linger and uh, be flexible. I would say be flexible, be open to changing your plans, doing something else. Um, But I would say under plan actually Hmm. for, for travelers. That's what I would say. If you find that special beach, don't be afraid to stay for your whole trip. Just stay. Just stay. And eat all the street food, and you'll probably shit yourself at some point. <laughs> well, yeah. Odds are. But then... Eventually. Only your, your number will come up. It's just... <laughs> Luke Peterson. Thank you so much. Thank you so Thanks much for, for having me. Eat her up, Sal. And thank you, everyone, for listening. You can check out Dining on a Dime on... 100th episode. 100th episode. YouTube.com slash eater. 
And you can check out Lucas's writing at the New York Times, their travel section. Uh, again, if you like the show, please rate it. And if you have any questions or comments for us, you can reach us at upsell at eater.com. Theater Upsell is recorded in the Vox Media Studios in New York City. The show is hosted by Amanda Clute, our editor-in-chief, and me, Daniel Janine. Special thanks to our studio team, Miles Yule, Paige Bethman, Carrie Clements, Pedro Alvira, and Alex Allreich for all their support. And special thanks to our executive producer, Maureen Genone Fitzgerald.